This is District Sentinel Radio broadcasting out of the Barefoot is Legal studio in Washington, D.C. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. Check out the website districtsentinel.com. Philadelphia earned a national attention recently when it elected as its district attorney, Larry Krasner, an ex-civil rights lawyer and public defender who promised to take on systemic abuses in the era of mass incarceration. But Krasner himself has taken actions that have earned him criticism from organizers. Recently, he decided to appeal a decision to give Mumia Abu-Jamal a new chance to challenge his conviction. The move saw Krasner disinvited from an activist conference at Yale Law School. To discuss this news, we had a conversation with Mike Africa Jr., a Philadelphia organizer, a member of the MOVE organization, and the president of the Seed of Wisdom Foundation. Africa is also the son of two political prisoners, also from MOVE. He was born in prison. Krasner actually helped both of his parents get released from jail recently. We discussed all of this yesterday when Africa joined us for an interview. On the move. That's our greeting. That's how we say hello. On the move. On the move. Who am I speaking with? Uh, Sam Knight over here, and uh, the other voice is Sam Sachs. Two Sams. You're talking to two Sams. (laughs) Sam is Sam. All right, guys. What's happening? Mike, uh, first, do you think you could explain to our listeners, uh, in case they don't know, who Mumia Abu-Jamal is and the significance of his case in the context of America's prison system? Mumia Abu-Jamal is is a journalist who actually did journalism. And he put out information about what was actually going on. When the, when the United States made this thing about wanting the freedom of the press, there was, there was a reason they wanted that. They wanted to be able to control the information so that they can control the minds uh, and the thinking of the people. And Mumia goes against the grain of that because he's not like a regular reporter who just reports what he's told. He actually prints the truth. And because of that, he's become a symbol of hope and a symbol of, uh, of, um, of justice in this country. And for that, he's been targeted. He has been granted a new avenue of appeal in his case, uh, stemming from a 1981 uh, uh, fatal shooting of a Philadelphia police officer. Uh, He has been trying to appeal that for years. He's been granted a new avenue of appeal. Philly DA Larry Krasner is challenging the decision, as we noted in the intro, uh, despite the fact he was elected to challenge abuses in the criminal justice system. Do you have any thoughts on why Krasner is fighting Mumia's appeal? Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't. I have no idea why Krasner is fighting his appeal. I know that Krasner has done a lot of things uh, progressively uh, that a lot of DAs in the city hasn't done uh, since the city's inception for people. So... I'm not sure what, why he did that. Um, I do know that uh, the system itself, the political system, I know that it's controlled by pressure. And I know that, that, that he has a lot of pressure on him from the FOP, and I know that he has a lot of pressure on him from Maureen Faulkner and that side of the politics. So, uh, you know, whoever applies the most pressure is the way that uh, uh, Larry Krasner is going to buckle. And so that's, that's the way that is. And that actually applies to whether you're a supporter of the movement or not. You know, the pressure is what moves the system. 
And you have a lot of personal experience with the system. You were born in prison, and uh, Krasner had a, an involvement in the release of your mother last year. Is is that not right? That's true. He wrote a support letter for my mother to be released from prison, and he did one the same for my dad. Both my parents were in prison all my life. All my life. They just got released. My mother came home uh, June 16th. Uh, 2018, and my dad came home October 23rd, 2018. I've been without parents all my life until this last six months. A lot of the reporting out there had had mentioned that uh, your mother was released. I I personally wasn't aware uh, that your father had also been released. Uh, well, that that one was kept a lot quieter uh, because of the situation. But yeah, we worked hard and we got him home too. Given the U.S. carceral state more people in prison than any other country uh, in the world, both in real numbers and on a per capita basis. I'm reminded of that George W. Bush quote when he was talking to a woman and the woman says how she has to work three jobs to make ends meet. And he's like, that's uniquely American. And he thought that that was a good thing, that here's someone who has to work three jobs to live. And I, I hear your story, Mike, about being born in prison and having two parents who were basically political prisoners. Uh, and I think in that same kind of dark vein, what a uniquely American story. Um, yeah, well, you know, it is the American way. There, there's a, there is, this country has so many people in prison. That if you combine, if you look at the, the countries in Europe, Germany, Spain, all of the countries, France, England, all of the countries combined in the whole continent of Europe. America has more, in that 900 million people in Europe, America has more people in prison, with this 300 million here, a little more than 300 million here, hmm. than Europe. It, it's, it's, it's crazy. It is the American way. The system is set up, it was built on inequality, and when they brought slaves, when they brought black Africans over here in chains, and enslaved them. They built this thing to uh, for it to run off of slavery, and they've been using prison labor to support their their financial wallets for a long time. And that hasn't changed. And no matter how much people talk about it, until people actually do something about it, it's not going to change for the better. It's only going to change for the worse. And more prisons are going to be built. They're privatizing prisons and made prisons so that anybody that has the money can buy one and have their own small little place, uh, modern-day slave plantation. So uh, the system is set up to enslave and to make money, and it's, it's all about consumerism, you know? So, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, me being born in prison may be a unique situation because I was born in prison and both my parents were in prison. But if you go into any inner-city area of any, any city in this, uh, in this, in this country, Everyone knows somebody that's in prison, a mother or got a relative that's in prison, a mother, a father, a cousin, uncle, aunt, everybody. It is so common that it's, like you said, it's the American way, man. Listen, that's how it is. We've got uh, Kamala Harris running for president, and she's her supporters have called her one of those progressive prosecutors. But if you look at her record, uh, she was look she was trying to throw uh, poor. Uh, parents whose kids miss school into jail. Uh, there was a, another time where she she talked about the need for prison labor as why we shouldn't be releasing people from jail. Um, and 
Talking about Larry Krasner, I mean, Sam and I did a show in Philly a few months ago, and people were really excited about Krasner's campaign. And when he won, people were excited. And you've mentioned that he has done some good progressive things as um, as a prosecutor here. But given this current situation with Mumia, I mean, is it even is there even such a thing as a progressive prosecutor in our criminal justice system? Um. I think there are people that feel like there are changes that need to be made and they want to get involved so that they can make a change. I think that happens. Um, I think that there are police that actually, you know, join the force to become a police officer to actually do some good and help people. But the thing that people have to understand is that this is a systemic issue. You're not going to have a system that was built and been running the way it has been running for all of these hundreds of years and get one person in there that's going to change something that wants to change something and actually just change something. It is a systemic issue. It is a systemic problem. And um, so even if he wants to change some things, I'm sure that he will be able to help. He has helped so far uh, in the short time that he has been in there. Um, But, um, you know, it's, it's about the people, man. It's about the pressure. I think that, I think that, progress can come in politics. I do believe that um, there is good in some people and in, in people who want to do the things like that and get involved in politics. But if you don't understand the system and how it's set up and why it is the way it is, then you're not really going to get anywhere. You need to understand how this thing works and why it is the way it is before you make, can make any kind of real change. Getting to the week's news about uh, Krasner and Mumia, Krasner was invited to a conference at Yale Law School called uh, Rebellious Lawyering. Uh, Then he was disinvited. From your reading, do you think this was more due to uh, outside pressure from activists, or were conference organizers themselves critical of uh, and and sort of really put off by Krasner's decision to fight Mumia's appeal? You know what? I don't know. I I, I do know that uh, they invited him probably knowing who he is. Um, but I think that once the people, the supporters of Mumia, I think that once they began to explain to those people who invited him and to the people who was going to listen to him give his keynote speech, I think they then decided that uh, that was probably not a good thing being that he was uh, – uh, turning Mumia's decision down and, and, and all of that. So I think it had, I think it had something to do with the fact that um, uh, they were authentic in their rebel lawyer title and they wanted to maintain that. And they even went as far as to say that there is no way that a DA like Larry Krasner could be considered a rebel lawyer. So in fact, they're not even going to have him speak. They're going to have Mumia speak instead, who is a, you know, is what is something like the epitome of a, of a rebellious lawyer or something like that. So, um, you know, I think I think the pressure from the people got, did get to some of the people, but I'm not really sure how that played out. But I do know that they were they weren't as aware of what's going on in Philadelphia as they are now. Two years on, uh, removed from his election, it was 2017, right? Krasner's election, if I'm not mistaken. 2017 or 2018? I think it was 20. Uh, well, it was like 2017, but 
uh, it went into 18 by the time he got, uh, you know, sworn in and all of that kind of stuff. So, so how would you make, how would you generally assess his time as DA uh, since he was elected so far? How would you, how would you assess the Larry Krasner project, uh, well, <laughs> so to speak? I think there was only, I think there were two mistakes that he made that ruffled the feathers of the activists. Uh, two two major mistakes anyway. Uh, the one was the hiring uh, or the um, adding uh, Castile, Ron Castile, to his um, to his uh, his team. And when he did that, I think that raised a lot of eyebrows because of Castile's involvement in Mumia's case and uh, falsifying evidence. And he was known to be racist, and he was trying to get Mumia hung, even though Mumia, you know, all his evidence for Mumia. So. Uh, Having Krasner uh, bring him on, bring Castillo on his transition team, that raised a lot, of, a lot of eyebrows. And then the other thing that he did, that Krasner did, that raised the eyebrows was, um, in Mumia's case, he keep, he, you know, he's appealing these decisions that the judge is saying doesn't need to be appealed, and even if they are appealed, basically we're going to keep them in my courtroom because I don't want any the riffraff going on that's been going on for the last 30-something years. So Krasner made those two decisions. Other than that, I think people were pretty satisfied with the, the job that he was doing. I think there was not a lot of complaints um, on a major scale. Uh, but you got to understand that the prosecutor, you know, the system, the way it is, they, 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 give, a, they, give, the systems, uh, they give the system aside for them to put people in jail, and then they give, you know, the people a lawyer so that they can have a side, so that they can do their thing, right? So his job is to put people in prison. That's his job. That is his actual job. His job is to win the case to put you in jail. It doesn't matter if you're innocent or guilty. His job is to put you in jail. That's his job. So to do anything outside of that job is actually a big achievement. It's just that in this situation, uh, we can't we – got, we just got – I think people have to realize that that is his job and not allow the good things that we have seen happen, not allow that to blind us to who he actually is working for. He did things where he wrote the letters for my dad for release. He wrote the letters for my mom for release. And those were great things, especially for me. I get to get my mom and dad after not ever having them for 40 years. However, he is still a prosecutor, and his job is to put people in prison. So we can't forget about that. Mike Africa Jr., member of the MOVE organization, president of the Seed of Wisdom Foundation, and uh, the son of two political prisoners, also members of the MOVE organization. Uh, Mike, where can people go if they want to find out more about what you've done, uh, about your story, or uh, where can they go if if there's anything, uh, anything you want people to know about what you've done? For more information, people can reach me. At, uh, they can come go to my website at MikeAfricaJr.com. They can get, come go to my email address and get personal information at MikeAfricaJr at gmail.com. I'm available for interviews. I'm available for uh, public speaking. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm eager and ready to go, man. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, guys. You guys have a good night. That's the interview. For more content, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Subscribe for just $5 and you get access to all our bonus content, including talk about today's news in our weekly Thursday 420 Hangout. 
support independent journalism and help us keep the lights on maybe one day we might even add a new light bulb or two anyway thanks for listening we're here in dc so you don't have to be